Good evening, everybody. Okay. All right. All right. Good evening. We're we're here, Pastor. Good. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Steve. We're we're uh, we're here with the Foundations podcast, and I tell you what, right off the bat, I'm excited about this because our Foundation podcast now is being streamed on Rumble, and on the Rumble there and. Uh, if you have an account on Rumble, what you need to do is to go to, to The Foundations Network and then like us or follow us. And the, the more that we follow, the, the, the better that we can utilize their services. But I'm going to tell you what, Pastor, I put all of the, well, all the episodes of this particular series on, uh, on the Rumble there and Immediately, every evening, it's just hitting and hitting and hitting. Uh, the, our first one uh, rolled up over, in two days, went over 100. I mean, it just kept on going. So people are interested in this type of uh, subject matter that we're talking about. And I think on Rumble, people are, there's a, there's, there is a group that are uh, interested in America and, you know, what's happening to America and from a spiritual aspect. And I tell you what, I think... Uh, uh, this kind of thing and that we're dealing with the, on this series is really uh, effective. I mean, it, it, it's some good stuff to be able to deal with and to provide some answers maybe and to get us thinking about why we are in the state we are in here in America. And, you know, it's a good thing that we are on a few other, other platforms and uh, mm -hmm. because we don't know how long, you know, when they sh or sh shut us down. On yeah, Facebook. they may shut us down. Tell you us know, they can't shut a, a bunch mm -hmm. of people off uh, Facebook. But anyway, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. We're we're expanding, and uh, God is good. Um, uh, I've been I'm I'm been busy. I've been doing all sorts of stuff, and we got a uh, we have a new program being uh, recorded this weekend. Um, it's it's good stuff. So. Uh, but let's I tell you what, what we're dealing with in the Foundation Podcast uh, today is this is the, the next uh, God. We've been talking about the Dark Trinity, Pastor. Yes. So who are the Dark Trinity? Well, that would be Baal or Baal, mm -hmm. I should say, uh, and Bullock and uh, Ashtaroth. Yes, and uh, Ashtaroth, okay. So what we did last week, we talked about Moloch. And we were talking about the spirit of Molech. I can tell you this, is that I did a little, just a little um, five or six minute thing on the report. And Facebook would not let me, uh, would not let me do that, but whatever. Um, anyway, but our podcast got up there and it is going uh, tremendously. So if you are listening, you need to go back. Uh, the, our first one was on demonology. The second one was, I believe, the Dark Trinity. The third one was talking about Baal, and the, uh, the fourth one was Molech. And then tonight what we're going to do is talk about Ashtaroth. And Pastor, you have a lot of information about Ashtaroth. Uh, one thing, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> okay, Ashtaroth, I'm going to just throw this out there. In demonology, Ashtaroth was known to be the great duke of hell in the first hierarchy with Beelzebub and Lucifer. They got a trinity there. They, he was part of the evil trinity. He is known to be a male or female figure 
most likely named after the Near Eastern god Astari. Astarte. I'm sorry, I'll get that out. Astarte. So the great, great Duke of Hell, and then they, they said that Beelzebub, Lucifer, and Ashtaroth made up this trinity. And they, in, uh, from the, the writings and the uh, translations, Beelzebub has a, a relation to Baal, basically. Yes. Yeah. So um, anyway, and what we're going to do tonight is we're going to dig into Ashtaroth. And there's some things that, uh, you know, we ask the question, why are we going through what we're going through in America? And, uh, and again, I'm going to call out the book. We'll call out the book um, Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. We're talking, and then uh, we've been referencing uh, uh, Brother Hauser, Heiser, yeah, Dr. Uh, Dr. Heiser, his book on the spirit realm. Yeah, it's actually uh, titled The Unseen. The unseen realm, okay, and and uh, then we've been looking at demonology. We've been looking at this. They make some some statements that are things that I feel that we and then both of us, I think, we feel that people need to think about because uh, you know, when we're talking about Moloch last week with the children and what's going on, and now Ashtaroth. So, Pastor, what do you have on Ashtaroth? Well, you know, from a biblical sense, the Ashtaroth, or sometimes it's referred to the Asherim, um, was basically, uh, from their perspective, it was a, a wooden idol, or a wooden pole, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, and generally what they did, it was associated with uh, Baal worship, and uh, so not only would they be having sacrifices to Baal, these were put on high places. Yes. And... Uh, and not only would they have this occultic worship to this god, okay. but most of the time it's also associated with what we would call orgies, uh, a lot of sexual, uh, you know, well, impurity. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, in, in, in Israel's history, they have a lot of problem with this. Um, it's it's apparent that when we get into uh, bell worship and we get into the uh, the Ashtaroth, and, and sometimes they're called Ashtaroth poles. Uh, but there are there are spirits behind that. Yes, and, yes. and we've talked a lot about that. If we were to take Dr. Michael Heiser's Unseen Realm, uh, how he would describe this as uh, these are the sons of God, uh, the, you know, the created beings mm -hmm. from Yahweh uh, that we see uh, showing up in places like Job, uh, they're in other spots where they are there at the creation event. Um, and uh, so we would have then fallen sons of God. Uh, he would not define them necessarily as angels. He would look at that more as an assignment. That's his viewpoint of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we're talking about, whether we're talking about Baal or Moloch or we're talking about uh, Ashtaroth, uh, we're, we're talking about one of the fallen sons of God. Okay, and uh, and and what they would demand is worship, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, and obviously they have control over all types of demon spirits, uh, and and we see that theology in uh, Ephesians six. Ephesians six, uh, yeah, where, where Paul yeah. talks about okay. that. And from that perspective, uh, there is a term that's used, and and uh, and I and I do think it's rather uh, unfortunate because it does bring some confusion. Uh, and that is, uh, they're called uh, also the Shadim, 
which was translated into English uh, from the Septuagint as demon. And, uh, and why I say that's unfortunate because the Shadim are the fallen sons of God. Yes. That's what yes. they are. They're not demons uh, no. uh, in that sense. But if you want to look at it from a generic sense, the demonic realm, and you yes. just want to use that as a generic, yeah, well, I mean, it's just, I like to be precise. And the reason why I like to is so that we don't have confusion. Put it this way, Astroff's not trying to possess anybody. Uh, a demon will try to do that because yeah. it is by definition a disembodied spirit. Uh, it resided in a, in a, in a human mm -hmm. at, at one time. Uh, Astroff is a spirit being, uh, something created by Yahweh who was created in perfection but like Lucifer, they fell. Fell. And I believe that okay. one third issue there in Revelation, mm -hmm. I don't, that's the only place we have that. But it does seem like that a, a, a great number of the sons of God did fall. Yes. Uh, not all of them, mm -hmm. not, not, not by any means. And, uh, and so what, what we see in Canaan, when they came, there's all kinds of warnings in the, in, in the Old Testament before they get there. And that is because God knows that they have a tendency to get involved in these things. Yeah. And uh, and this uh, and you think about what would be so appealing if you were uh, living in Israel proper at that time, uh, or you're a part of the conquest of Canaan under Joshua. Um, the the sexual nature of this is what the appeal was. And and mm -hmm. by the way, that's one of the reasons why that God made pro prohibitions against marrying these other nations and that is because they would draw the hearts of their children away from uh, the works of Yahweh yeah. and, uh, and and anyway so uh, there's some uh, biblical uh, I, there's numerous places we could draw from um, I've been looking uh, doing some of my study of second chronicles 17 to 20 yes. but but rather than look at that uh, uh, Gideon. Uh, most people are Gideon. very, very familiar with the story there, uh -huh. and that's found in uh, Judges six. And there's a rendition from verses twenty five through thirty two. But, but you know, most people are familiar enough with the story. Uh, and, and this is, you know, prior to this event of what what's there is that an angel appears to Gideon, okay, and and you know calls him a mighty man of valor. And of course, Gideon. Uh, is threshing wheat. Uh, you know, he's like, who am I? You know, I'm nobody. You know, I, well, anyway, uh, he gets this commission from God. And uh, and what he ends up doing, uh, he goes out at night and he goes into one of the high places there okay. uh, and, and, and he tears down the altar of Baal and he literally uh, chops down the astroph or the ashram poles okay uh, where all this stuff would happen and 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 literally I, I mean it, it's it's a it's a pretty big demolish well when the people of the city wake up the next morning and they see this and uh, and, uh, and, and 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 apparently they know Gideon did it mm -hmm. and uh, <laughs> and they want to kill him Oh, I you know, I mean, you want to take people's occultic worship away, especially when we're talking about that which is of a sexual nature. That upsets people. Okay. And and there's a parallel here. What's going on in all over the world right now? 
um, and, uh, and and they want to kill him for it. And his dad stands up for him and says, "Hey, if Bell's got a problem with my son, let him deal let him with deal him. with him." Yeah. And, and of course, you know that's kind of the funny part of the story. And and, and, and Bell obviously didn't do anything. And that's because when Yah, when Yahweh begin to move, or we say when the Lord begin to move, and on behalf of Gideon because of his <coughs> his obedience to the Lord and and, and, and his tearing down this stuff. Uh, I mean, what is he doing? He's obeying the, the, the first two commandments and the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And, uh, and God honored it. Yeah. And, uh, and because he honored it, uh, Gideon's going to go go on and have a big victory over the Midianites. And mm -hmm. it's going to be supernatural how it's going to happen. And, uh, and, and what I think is uh, interesting in this story right here is, uh, and this is before we have a king in Israel. This is before all of that. Um, the anger of the people okay. uh, against Gideon. I mean, he had tore down their gods. Yeah, uh, it's not like they were unfamiliar with Yahweh. All right, so he he tears down their gods, and and they're angry about all of this. And and we see this in our society today. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you well, just just look at. Let me throw this out. When they uh, overturned Roe versus Wade. Oh yeah, uh, Roe. Roe versus Wade, right? Okay. <laughs> anyway, they overturned that. These people almost went crazy. I mean, the way the vehemence, the hatred, the, the you know, the thing here is, and if you look at that, bottom line, if you really look at it honestly, the majority percentage of the people that want to have abortions are there to cover up or deal with an unwanted pregnancy that they got because they wanted to be promiscuous. Is that possible? Well, I, I think it's certainly possible. I mean, even with all the abortions that have been performed in this country, uh, it's a minority of people that are getting them, yeah. first of all. I mean, because uh, even if you're going to look at the, the figure of 50 million, I mean, there's over 350 million people in this country right now, yeah. and that's 50 million total from the time that it started. So yeah. it's it's not so really it's a minority of people that want to live in a promiscuous way, and don't want to accept the consequences of what happens when you get pregnant. I mean, there is one sure fire way of not getting pregnant, and that is don't have sex yeah. with someone you're not married to. Yes. Uh, you know, and I know that not everybody that applies to that have abortion, mm -hmm. I realize that. No, of course. But well, I do believe the overwhelming number of abortions, uh, and I believe the facts prove this, is just unwanted pregnancies because of, well, unrestrained sexual activity. Yeah. And, uh, and, and okay, that, so let's let's uh, let, let's dig in here. Well, one one thing I wanted to read, Pastor, as you were talking there, it came into my head. Okay, is that they wanted to be worshipped? Now we are the sons of God. Okay, these the, when we're talking about that, um, let's look at their leader, Lucifer, Satan. In Isaiah chapter fourteen, I believe it is. Yeah, beginning with verse twelve, it says this: How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? Who who you weakened the nations? Weakened. The nation. Think about that. Satan in a nation can weaken it. And he can tear it down. Anyway, for you have said in your heart, 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yeah. Say, uh, yeah, what, what was that desire of his? He wanted to be worshipped. Yeah, he, he wanted to be like yeah, God. Yeah, he wants to take God's glory, God's worship. And, uh, and even that concept, I'll, you know, I'll exalt myself above the stars, that generally is the host of heaven. Yes. And so he doesn't, he wants to be above the host of heaven. That's where Yahweh stands. Yes. And then he wants to replace Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I've often, you know, wondered about this in my own mind. Uh, something created, uh, you know, imperfect, uh, well, imperfection. Yes. Uh, Lucifer was not created in sin. You know, he was created perfect. Yes. But this is the point we have to understand. He gave these sons of God, uh, he gave them free will. And uh, just like he gives us free will. Yeah. And uh, and, and, and so Lucifer uh, chose to, to uh, exalt himself. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe that Lucifer is the serpent or the Nahash in uh, Genesis 3. Yeah. Uh, Paul seems to identify him there. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and and what's he trying to do? He's trying to interact with God's creation. That may very well be the fall of Satan right there. Yes. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we just have this assumption. I, I was... I yeah, there was some time in the... Eternity past. Eternity past that he fell. Well, what we know is all the sons of God rejoiced uh, over the creation that God made on the earth. Uh -huh. We have those references. So, I mean, is that a blanket statement that all the sons of God were, you know, were doing it? Mm -hmm. uh, is, well, like I said, I refer to my, uh, Michael Heiser. He, he was the Hebrew expert on these matters. But uh, as he said, we don't have a record of when the fall happened. No, we don't. From his standpoint, he believes mm -hmm. it was conceivably possible that Genesis 3 doesn't just represent the fall of man, but it might represent the fall of Satan. And then at either at that time or a little bit later, maybe Genesis 6 is the fall of the other sons of God yes. uh, that follow him. We, I mean, honestly, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail on that. No. So we're kind of, you know, we're sort it's, of making It's uh, some speculation. Yeah. So, but, but the thing here is this is that a third of the ages were thrown out of heaven with him. And he, he was bent on being worshipped yeah. as God. And couldn't there, so the, the demons follow, or not demons, the fallen sons of God follow suit. Yes. Because when we're dealing with what Michael, or uh, with uh, what uh, Jonathan Kahn is talking about here, we are talking, like we've said before, about principalities and powers. Yes. We're not talking about a demon spirit that uh, got after Linda Blair and the Exorcist. We're talking about uh, powers and things that rule nations. Yes, I mean, uh, you know, and uh, or and you could even make an argument: that whatever rules a nation, they rule them. I mean, how the hierarchy? There, there's a little bit of a leeway on how you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. uh, because, like I said, Daniel, you get into the prince of Greece, the prince of uh, per I think it's Persia. 
and, and then there's some connotations with Michael, the archangel. Yeah. And uh, and you have Gabriel there. And, he was uh, withheld for so many yeah, days yeah, to get through. Days and and he goes back to Daniel. I've got to go back yes. and help. He, Michael came fight, and helped us. And, and, of course, all this is going on in Babylon. Well, at this time, talking to the Persian Empire. But, but, but you know, all of this is going on. And uh, and uh, so, the, you know, there's a level. You know, people ask sometimes, well, what level of spiritual warfare can we enact uh, as it relates to these entities? Uh, I'm not sure that God has a purpose for us getting involved. What I mean by that is you don't see Paul or Peter or Jesus invoking principalities and powers and coming against uh, you know the Ashtoreth and Baal. Yeah, and all. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't you don't see that. What you do see is uh, they preach the gospel. They they take the gospel to places, uh, and the gospel is a defeat of those things. They do encounter people possessed by demons. Yeah. Uh, and what do they do with that? They cast. They them just out. cast them out. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be a big deal. Uh, you so, know, it, it could, is it our our thing? We want to get into a fight. Okay, now just, just follow me here with my thought process. That people, we always think of a fight as being two people against one another. Of course, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We understand that. But we are still using the same means and methods that we would envision ourselves here on earth fighting with somebody else, fighting against these principalities and powers or these spirits. So you want a war against this one or you want a war against that one. But like you were saying, does you want to guess, we, 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 we have to understand where our power, as a Christian, yeah. as Christians, where is our power? Well, you know, the point is we have illustrations, like with Gideon. I mean, yes, he tore down these altars, yes. these, these things like that. And, uh, and I'm not saying there couldn't be a connotation somewhere where we might have to deal with something like that. Yes. But you don't see him invoking uh, principalities and powers and calling Ashtoreth or Ishtar, she sometimes called that, yeah. and, and rebuking her from heaven. And you don't see that. And, and you know, in, in Paul's, uh, uh, where that, that scripture is, where we don't wrestle against flesh Flesh-y and blood, but against these principalities seven. and powers and the other, what is his concept? We put the armor of God on yes. so that we basically will not be deceived by the schemes of the devil. Yeah. And with the armor, what do we do with it? Well, according to Paul, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And uh, and so, you know, but, that goes back to yeah. we're praying to God. We're not he's not telling us to pray against principalities. To be honest with you, in my prayer life, I'm not interested in talking to the devil. Uh, we're praying to God for open doors, yes. for, and then what we're doing is then we're taking the gospel mm-hmm. and we're sharing it with people. And if a demon pops its head up, well, we well, we put that cast down, down in Jesus', Jesus name. name according yeah. to the scripture. Yeah. Now, I think we missed something here. That armor that he's talking about says that our feet are shod with the preparation yes. of the gospel of Jesus. What is, we are grounded yes. in the gospel. Yeah, and, and, what is, and, and if you go back to the cross 
and you look at everything after the cross, uh, what do the apostles do? What do the early disciples do? They go out under most, some of the most intense persecution and they evangelize the known world. Paul's ministry goes into Spain, in other words, parts of Europe. Yeah. It finds its way into the Americas via that uh, long after Paul's dead. And basically, the gospel defeats Baal and Moloch. And you I see, see this, this, I, I just don't think Christians, you know, uh, get a hold of this. Because the thing is, is that I've, I've heard this. Now, I don't know. Uh, tell me if you've heard some of this stuff. They want to command, the, the, in their prayers, they want to uh, command the angels or, or instruct the angels to go out in war. I Listen to that. These Christians here feel that they can control things like you're controlling um, something on a board game. And that, that they can, through the, because they have this authority, and so they're going to say, Michael, you go in war. Do we, I mean, is that even grounded in biblical truth? No, it's not. It's foolish is what it is. Uh, that's not our job. Our job, our job is to minister the gospel to people. Uh, we demonstrate the manifold wisdom of God to principalities and powers. How? We preach the gospel. Yes. We share the gospel with everyone we come in contact with. And once again, if a demon like in the Apostle Paul in Acts 13 pops its head up, well, we just deal with it. Okay. But that's a demon. Yeah. What about a principality or power? I don't even need to worry about that. No. I, I really don't. Now, I'm, I'm going to use an, an example right here, and this is going to be very subjective. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and by the way, I believe this is a biblical premise. Okay. But I heard Kenneth Hagin years ago say uh, that our, our job is not to mess with the principalities and powers and go around rebuking them and doing all that. That's not our mission. Our mission, once again, he said that, is to minister the gospel. If we find demons, we're going to deal with them. Yeah. And, uh, and, and by the way, if you're preaching the gospel and you're doing it outside the church, where you're going to encounter that, okay? Um, and, uh, and, and that was what he said. He, and he claimed divine revelation. What I mean by that, he's, he felt like the Lord told him that. Okay. Okay. And if you don't like anything, that's fine. I mean, but 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 is that a biblical premise? I mean, do, here's a way to ask ourselves this question: Did Daniel go around rebuking the prince of Persia and the prince of Greece? No. No. What was he doing? He was praying to God and fasting. Yes. Yeah. Did Paul, uh, when he was in Ephesus, come against uh, Diana? Diana, when there was there, and or the spirit of Apollo, Apollos. And, and, and pull it down from the heavenlies and and you know and, and I, no he did not what did he do he preached the gospel and by the way they're preaching the gospel without all this fanfare fanatical teaching about mm -hmm. spiritual warfare that people have they evangelize okay. a known world and the gospel message broke the power of these territorial there spirits it is. there it is what power does a Christian have except for the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ? I mean, and, and by the way, if you read Jude, it said even Michael did not bring a railing accusation against the devil over disputing with the body of Moses. Yeah. 
Okay. And he was talking about apostates. They speak about things that they have no concept of. Okay. You want to get yourself in trouble, start doing that, and you may stir up a hornet's nest in your life, and you don't want that. Uh, you, God didn't give you authority to pull down principalities and powers uh, to, to, to take. And, and I do believe that uh, Ashtaroth is in this world today. Yeah. It's unexplainable. Yes, yes, and yes, you can go around and rebuke that all day long if you want to, but really what we need to do is speak truth, to preach the mm -hmm. gospel, speak truth to lies. That breaks the power of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 7.14 gives us what God has commanded, if my people, which are called by my name. So to me, that is responsibility is laid at their feet. My people called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek the face of God, and will turn from their wicked ways. Then God can heal. That, that has nothing to do with getting a stick out there and, and yelling up in the heavens against some, um, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting the vision of a, a certain prophetess. She thinks she, she is doing that. Uh, anyway, but the thing is that it has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. That has everything to do with preaching the gospel, spreading the gospel, and the gospel, according to Jonathan Kahn, was the thing that kicked these the, these principalities and powers out in the first place. Well, you know what you know. What did Paul say to the Corinthian believers? I believe it's First Corinthians ten. Mm -hmm. He said he gave a list of the you know some of the rebellions and sin. Yes. Uh, yes. You know he, he kind of walked through the history. And uh, of Israel, and said these things were written for our example. Yeah. Uh, they're for our admonition. They're, the example is don't do what they did, or you'll experience what they experienced. All right. Well, let's just take another story in the Bible. This is Second Chronicles 34. Uh, this is Josiah, and uh, in fact, uh, he is uh, eight years old when he became king. Okay. Uh, he, he's going to end up reigning uh, 31 years. He's one of the, your better kings yes. in Judah. Mm -hmm. uh, his father was Ammon. He was wicked. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and really if you, you, you walk this thing backwards, uh, you can lay some of the groundwork for the idolatry in a in Judah with Jehoshaphat. Mm -hmm. While Jehoshaphat never worshipped another god other than Yahweh, he had alliances with the house of Ahab and even an arranged marriage in, oh. with his daughter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Ahab and, and Jezebel, I think her name was Athaliah. And, uh, and, and that, with her, things went sideways. Actually, Athaliah served for about six or seven years on the throne. Yeah. Uh, after her uh, husband, uh, Jehoshaphat's son died, and uh, and anyway, uh, that means that that I, she, not only did she reign on the throne of Judah, but this is the first time that somebody from, not from the Davidic line mm -hmm. was there, and then her uh, her grandson uh, uh, Joash is eventually put on the throne. Yeah, is very young. Uh, but but you trace that that seed started, and what did uh, Athaliah do? Well, she introduced them to the Baal worship. Mm -hmm. She also introduced them back to the uh, what they call the Asherim, or what we're talking about. Asherim. The Asherim. Uh, and then so you fast forward. You got Ammon, and, and, and here he is. He's 
He's the son of Hezekiah. And, uh, but he is as wicked as wicked can be. And so here Josiah becomes uh, king. And, uh, and, and, and what he does, and, and I'll, I'll just read just a little bit of this, but there's a, a template here uh, for us to understand how we ought to respond to what's going on today. Okay. Um, and it says uh, 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 Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he uh, reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David and did not turn aside to the right or to the left. And then it says, for in the eighth year of his reign. Now remember, he was eight years old, so he's 16. So he's 16. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a youth, he began to seek the God of his father David. Now, kind of to give a backdrop to the story, the temple has been used for unholy purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, so they're not really involving themselves in temple worship at this point. Uh, and, and, and so in the process of, uh, of seeking uh, uh, God, uh, then in the 12th year, so four years later, yeah. uh, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the ashram, the carved images, and the molten images. And it's going to go down here and talk about bell worship. Mm -hmm. It's going to talk about the ashram. Uh, and these images. And, and notice this. It said, it, it, let me read part of verse 4. It says, they tore down the altars of the bells, so they had these bells, there's more than one, yeah. In his presence. Uh -huh. Now, if we remember Jehoshaphat, it said he purged that, but then all of a sudden we find him later. Yeah. He did not make that mistake. No. He, he purged in his presence, uh, and the incense altars that were high above them, he chopped them down, also the astral, the carter images, and he broke them in pieces, ground them to powder, scattered them on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. So there's some, there, there's a story behind that. Yeah. And he burned the bones of the priest on their altars and he purged Judah and, uh, and Jerusalem. And then, uh, and then in verse seven it says, he, he also tore down the altars and, uh, and, and beat the ashram and the carved images into powder, chopped them and chopped down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel. And by the way, he goes into uh, uh, Manasseh, uh, he goes into Ephraim, uh, uh, Simeon, uh, and, uh, and Napalia. And so he actually goes outside of Judah, which only Judah and Benjamin only make up yeah. the nation. He goes outside this, and he's on a tear. I mean, he is. He's going to put them yeah. down. And then, so then you get to the 18th year of his reign when he had purged the land. Yeah. So when he had purged it, so it took a little while. Uh, then uh, that's when they go into the temple and they start cleaning it out. Okay. The high priest finds the book of the law, the Torah. Yeah. So that meant that, God, well, here's another way to say it God preserved his word. He did. Uh, they read it. Wow. Yeah. They are like, they repent. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go to the prophet. Now, now here's the point. There's a little difference between what we do today and what they did. People did not have the spirit 
in the old covenant like we do in the new. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, there's a lot of prophecies about what the new covenant would impl uh, imply there. Mm -hmm. So you had the Spirit of God was on the king, it was on the priest, and it was on the on the prophet. So yes. for them to get a word from God, well, they needed to go to a prophet. That, that would be unscriptural to do that today. No. Yeah. Okay. No, um, right. and, and so they went to the prophet, uh, Hulda, mm -hmm. and she gives a scathing word about judgment's coming. Yeah. And by the way, judgment did come. But she said because he was tender and he sought the Lord, he wouldn't see it in his day. And, uh, and revival broke out Okay. in Israel. I mean, yeah. Judah, I should say, revival. And um, I, don't, I don't know, Steve, if we can do anything about judgment on this nation. I don't know if we are it, like yeah. uh, the cup of iniquity that is full and what it is is poured out. Yeah. That's what it's looking like. But I will say this, even if that is true, even if we are beyond the point of no return and there is no hope for our nation, even if that is true, we can do exactly what Josiah did. We tear down the altars in our life. Yeah, they kick the can down we, the road. We, we can deal with our sin. Yeah. We can, we can take yes. in our family. We can say, as for my mm -hmm. family, we will serve the Lord. Yes. The church can become a praying church. Yes. And a holy church. Yes. Uh, and we can minister the gospel just like they had the law and they read it. Mm -hmm. We can, we can proclaim the gospel to people, and God can pour His Spirit on us. Yes. And maybe there could be a delay. That's my point. Yeah. Maybe there can be a delay of eventually what will ultimately happen because of judgment. Because that's what happened with Josiah. Yeah. He didn't see it in his day. He didn't see it at all. But it happened soon after his death. Yes. And so I that that to me that's hope. That is hope. So that is hope. We're not without hope. hope in this world. Yeah. Now and this is true. And uh, the thing here, okay, let's, I want to go ahead and kind of explain a little bit about Ashtaroth and why we're talking about this, because we really need to understand what's going on and do kind of a comparison. Now, what you're, what, what, you know, you're talking a remedy, which I think is amazing, and is what we need to do. Ashtaroth, uh, that particular god or goddess, which we believe and we, I'm sure, that a principality or power behind this particular god or goddess. Now, the, um, okay, the, the, the Ashtaroth was the goddess of sex and war. Yes. Okay. And uh, this is why uh, in uh, Jonathan Kahn goes through a lot of this. He talks about how sex has become a god in this country. Yeah, well, really all over the world. All over the world, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we have it on the internet. We have people uh, throwing away the bonds of marriage, people, uh, uh, fornication, adultery. I mean, you just go down the vice list and go to work. I mean, that's what's going on in our country. But we have something specific that relates to Ashtaroth yes. that, that's in one of the uh, Mesopotamian tablets that was found. And what is that? And that is the transsexual movement. Yes. Uh, and by the way, movement. that is very specific to this particular entity.
Yes. And now you're wondering, okay, I know this has happened in our country, Pastor, this has happened in a very short time. This movement, I mean, this throttling movement towards transitioning. Uh, they're after the kids, getting them to do the puberty blockers. They're they're counseling them to go get their sex changed at an early age, keeping it from the parents. You know, you say, well, there's a, uh, yeah, it's happening. There's plenty of proof. There's plenty of people. There are lawsuits in the courts about this going on today. Now, you say, well, where does all this come from where this, this whole, all of a sudden they all want to change from a man to a woman and a woman to a man? And this is where... Ashtaroth comes in. Yes. And uh, and by the way, what he's going to read from Jonathan Kahn's book, we mm -hmm. have researched ourselves. Yes. Uh, and uh, so this uh, this tablet, and I believe it's a Mesopotamian tablet, was discovered, and it was transliterated so that we could understand it, not by Jonathan Kahn, no. but by, by, by another uh, archaeologist, a uh, yeah, scholars, scholars in languages, and, that, that and uh, ancient Mesopotamian tablet records. The goddess saying these words. Now, I want you to pay attention. Please listen and pay attention to this. And, uh, and not not to belittle anyone, but the thing is, is you got to catch this. This is really important for us to understand. Now, Ashtaroth, the set goddess X and War, all this changing between a man and a woman, right? So here's this Mesopotamian tablet and of the goddess saying these words. When I sit in the alehouse. Now what's an alehouse, Pastor? That's a bar, isn't it? I'm not sure what the connotation of that and what that means. I, yeah, it says, I am a woman and I am an exuberant young man. By the way, this, this tablet is thousands. This yes. Is not yes. They call her or him the transformer. And this is the now another ancient writing records her saying this. Though I am a woman, I am a noble young man. To be a woman and a man, whatever you feel like. This whole non-binary situation means I can, if I feel today like I'm about a man, I guess I'm going to be a, a boy or a gender a male. If I feel tomorrow I can be a woman, I'm going to be a female. Now, let's continue. The core and operative words in such statements are these. I am a woman, I am a man. Uh, and then he goes on talking about the masculine and femi uh, feminine Turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man to change one into the other. Okay, this is an ancient Sumerian hymn. Reveals her power. It was to turn a man into a woman and a woman into a man to change one into the other. She had the ability to turn male into female and female into male. To blur and bend and merge and invert the two. I'm not done yet. Now the transformer, this is what they're talking about. This is the blueprint of the transformer. Upon its return to the world, the ancient spirit, again, demonic spirits, powers, principalities, whatever, 
would set out to accomplish its mission. What is its mission? Now listen to this. It would seek to alter the definition of male and female. Number one. They asked the newest Supreme Court judge, what's the definition of a woman? She couldn't say. Well, she could say. She just wouldn't. She just say. wouldn't because of the... Anyway, it didn't start. It would move to blur the lines and nullify the distinctions between the two. They sit there and talk about, can a man get pregnant? And, and this type of thing. It would act to transform the nature of man and woman. It would seek to feminize all that was male and masculine, or masculinize all that was female. It would attempt to turn man into woman and woman into man. It would war against the sanctity of sexuality and gender by confusing the two and merging the one into the other and the other into the one and by so doing seek to nullify them, to nullify genders, female and male. It would appear first at the fringes of society where Ishtar, now you have to understand Ashtaroth's uh, equivalent in Egypt is Ishtar. That's the god, goddess, whatever. Where Ishtar was known to have dwelled. But when it would come into the mainstream and begin permeating every part of culture, leaving almost no fast facet of life untouched, it would just boom into society. It would rather usher in the next stage of Americans, America's pe paganization, and it would become the chief hammerhead to smash the biblical foundations of Western civilizations. I'll go ahead and stop there. And, that, and that's what we're seeing. Um, like I said, that's uh, Jonathan Kahn. Where does he come up with those concepts? Well... Once again, we look at ancient Israel. We look at all the things that were going on. We look at all the prohibitions uh, that God put upon Israel uh, to not intermarry into nations that would lead their sons into these type of worship. Yes. Um, and uh, and so uh, and, and well, let me let me just give you two particular uh, modern examples of how I believe this this evil entity has gained authority mm -hmm. in this nation. Uh, first of all, when uh, then Donald Trump was running for president in 2016, yeah. uh, up before the election, uh, there was a big issue with Target. Uh, and by the way, Target's been on the wrong side of a bunch of issues here oh, lately. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons I don't personally shop at Target uh, and haven't. <laughs> anyway, oh. Uh, but there was an issue of bathrooms, and, 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 and you know, if anyone will go back during that time, that's where all that started becoming a problem. Yes. Where the men wanted to use the, the women's bathrooms and vice yes. versa. And, uh, and, uh, and, of course, there's a lot of reasons why we don't want that. Uh, and, uh, and then it got into the non binary, mm -hmm. you know, bathrooms. It, 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 foolishness is what this is. Yes. Uh, but uh, they asked then the uh, the Republican nominee Donald Trump about this, and and, and you know, and like I said, I, I'm not judging 
Donald Trump for this, but uh, this is the problem. This is why who our leaders are are important. Yes. And uh, and so he said, uh, he, he said, basically, I don't have time to deal with this. Let them use whatever bathrooms they want. That's what he said. Boom. And uh, and guess what? Donald Trump won the election. He became, became president. president. When he did that, what he did, what he said as candidate Donald Trump, then began to be an open door. Yes. Fast forward four years later, Joe Biden becomes president. And what he does looks- he do? He says that the transsexual issue uh, that we are facing today is the greatest civil right issue of our day. Uh, he recently had uh, some kind of White House party mm-hmm. uh, with uh, transsexuals there. And, and I find this interesting because he said anyone that's against uh, a transsexual or, or whatever, that he, he called people homophobes and mm-hmm. uh, uh, basically racist. It's transphobes. It, 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 tra- transphobes. Yeah. And, uh, phobia. And he also has said that uh, it's like, uh, you know, being an anti-Semite. Uh, I mean, it, it's weird. Uh, yeah, the but they're here. using these extreme concepts. But then which, they have yeah. this party, and this is why I yeah. find this funny. And so if anybody happens to be watching this video and you're associated with the uh, White House or anyone there, uh, they they came back and denounced what happened at the party because one of the transsexuals who had breast implants decided to reveal himself. And, and of course, he's being backed up by he was just expressing himself. And the White House apologized and, mm-hmm. and did all this. Well, let me ask you, uh, uh, if you're, you you can deliver this message, is Joe Biden a homophobe? Is he a transphobic person? Yeah. Is he guilty of that by his own definition? This is the world. This is the Ashcroft. This well, is yeah. Ishtar. Yeah. This is what she, and I'm going to use the word she, even though that's not probably a proper pronoun. But anyway, okay. she, this is what she does. Yes. Uh, this is what that spirit entity does. It literally confuses uh, sexuality to the point where you're transforming men into women and mm-hmm. women into men. And, I, and I've said this for a long time uh, because we've been fighting this war for, for a very, very long time. Yeah. And uh, the homosexual agenda was never just to be uh, given a legal right to get married. No. Uh, what they want is they want the same civil rights that, uh, that any other person has. Yeah. Uh, you know on that, that that regard and in fact they're they're getting closer and closer to making that a civil right mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. the point of it is even though they have all these freedoms and it does seem to be very accepted in the world today uh, it's not enough they want they want me they want you they if you're watching this they want you to affirm it yeah and if you don't affirm it you're a hater you're a hater. You're a phobe. Um, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, a, you're a phobe. Yeah, I, I remember back in the uh, late '80s, and uh, all I did, even back then, uh, because we were uh, preaching uh, through Romans uh, one, 
And I just made a point to say that marriage is between a man and a woman, and anything outside of that is an abomination. Mm -hmm. And so I said homosexuality is not an alternate lifestyle. It is sin in God's eyes. And, that, and, and, and really, that's all I said. It wasn't even the focus of my message. We just happened to be in Romans 1. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and even then, I had people that got mad at me mm -hmm. and called me a homophobe and a hater yeah. and left the church over it. This is like 1989, 1988. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what Today. I mean? And we've, been, yeah. we've been fighting this thing for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I've often wondered now about some of those people that left all those years ago. I wonder what they think about the world today. I mean, this is like uh, that on this. steroids right now. Um, yeah, and the thing is, is that, okay, so, okay, I, I pulled this thing up. Now, I don't know of how many of you, uh, Pastor, please keep us whatever, how much time that we have left, but I don't know how many of you are, are aware and understand where things began in this country with the gay movement. There was a riot, or the riots they call them, they call them the 1969 Stonewall Riots. And this happened at a, I believe it was a tavern. This is where, um, he's talking about Ale House, by the way. This is the tie-in to Ale House, so let's, um, and or, or it's a bar. And in 1969, uh, the, they had what they called the Stonewall Uprising. It took place on June 28, 1969, in New York City after police raided the Stonewall. Here, hold on a second. Let me get this going here. I want to get this uh, straight up here. Again, the Stonewall. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And it, it was a, um, it was a bar. It was a bar. It was a gay bar. In the 1960, okay. And so what ended up happening is they began to, for such reason, LGBT uh, individuals flocked to gay bars and clubs, places of refuge. This began uprisings in our country. Now, according to Jonathan Kahn and what he's talking about here, and I would kind of tend to believe it, that this particular thing in New York City was an opening, was an open door, was the key for this gay spirit, the spirit behind all this LGBTQ whatever, coming during that time into America. And uh, if, you, if you wonder about it, I, I mean, there was a documentary on one of the television stations the other day about the Stonewall riots. But this is where, and of course, this is Pride Month, so they probably have that out. Anyway, so it sparked a movement, and this movement began, this LGBTQ or whatever movement, and it grew and it grew and it spread and it spread and it spread. Now, a virus or uh, uh, spreads in the body. A cancer comes into a body and spreads takes over everything, your organs and everything, until it leaves you lifeless and dead. Just like this nation has been taken, or has had this virus, 
in there. And he said, oh man, you must be a homophobe. Hey, I'm not, a phobe means fear. The only thing that we need to fear of is God's judgment in this country. And the thing here is, is this is what it started. Because if we start adding letters to the alphabet, from the alphabet to this, as we expand our, well, our movement. As our movement expands and it takes over more, we expand. Trans and all this is just, it began somewhere and now it is spreading over. Now, uh, and like you said, Ashtaroth, the god of sex and war, who, like you said, orgies in this type of situation, has turned this country into, uh, ha has swept this country. And now we're dealing with it. And Jonathan Collins, he says, well, how do you, you know, what are you going to deal with it? Well, the gospel of Jesus Christ is our power. It's up to the church to get off their spiritual couches and get going. And that doesn't mean you're out there with a stick and you're uh, trying to war against this. Like Pastor is saying, and this is where it comes back, Pastor, to what we're talking about, which is really Christian common sense about how we, we have to understand where our power is coming from, how can we fight against this? Well, you know, I, I couldn't help but think about what Jesus said about the leaven, and what he said, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he made that uh, statement twice in the gospel, once toward false doctrine, once toward sinful behavior. Yes. And that's what this, this is what's happened. You go back to that 1969, mm -hmm. that was a seed of it. So yeah. to speak, that was the leaven, yeah, uh, the little leaven, and you know, um, well, they'll, they'll tell people, you that there's been gay people all through the history like, and all that, but I mean, but that was the first seed in this country, yes, and uh, yeah, it's I mean, we've had homosexuals since basically time began. Oh, yeah, uh, th that's not new, but we're not. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is prevalent that is in a society that is in your face, and it is, well what's happening right now. And if you don't believe that's a problem, just think about what was going on six years ago. Mm -hmm. Think about what was going on even three years ago. Um, and uh, certainly 10, we weren't having to talk about these things no. like this. I mean, uh, but, but this, is, this is what it is. This is the onslaught. Uh, and it's affecting our children as we yes. made that point there. Uh, I was thinking about, you know, just in regard to the concepts of, well, you know, how do you deal with this in your own life? Yeah. And, and Paul wrote this to the, uh, to the Corinthian believers. And, uh, and, and first of all, he says, our, our mouth is spoken. This is chapter 6, uh, 2 Corinthians. He said, our mouth is spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. He said, you're not restrained by us, but you're restrained in your own affections. He said, now in the like exchange, I speak to you as children open wide to us also. And then he says, do not be bound together with unbelievers. And then he begins to give examples. Okay. He said, for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness? Okay. What fellowship has light with darkness? And then this is interesting right here. He said, what harmony has Christ with Belial or 
Bells, it's bell. Yeah, bell or bell. Yeah. Concept. Or what does a believer, uh, what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them, I will walk among them, I will be their God, they will be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst. And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. That's a very important statement there. And I will welcome you, or I will receive you, and I'll be a father to you, and you'll be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, God would receive us. Yes. And we could be sons and daughters to him. And this is this is this is our this is what we do. We let us cleanse ourselves. Uh, from all defilement of the flesh mm -hmm. and spirit perfecting holiness uh, in, in the fear of God. And how do you cleanse yourself? You come out from among them. That means that we don't affirm, we do not participate no. in sinful behavior. And as it relates to this transsexual and this homosexuality that just seems to be flaunted everywhere, uh, and if you're a parent of a child, uh, come out from among them. Yes. And I and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some advice and this is and I'm not I realize that not everybody can do this. And so uh, but my advice to you is if you have the ability to homeschool your children, I would do it. Yeah. If you have the I know not everybody you know, can. A There's a lot of people who have to work that, and they can't do it. I, I get kids. that. And so if you're one of these parents and, and, and you know that it would be the majority of people that would probably be watching this and your kids are going to be attending uh, public school get involved in your child's education get to know your child's teacher get to know oh, yeah. what books are you you get involved with that <laughs> why yeah. because yeah. you have school board meetings you can go to mm -hmm. and if you find things that are just absolutely ungodly let me ask you a question why in the world do we need to be teaching uh, kindergarten and preschoolers and second graders and third graders about diversities on how to have sex with the opposite sex? Why in the world does anyone need to be taught that in school? Well, I mean, and, and I'm not saying your school may not be doing that, but there are schools that are, and there are wars being fought, fought by parents Yes. Uh, at, at school board meetings. And mm -hmm. so, you know, one of the things you can do, you can go to the school board if you've got kids. And you can go to school board meetings. You know, I would suggest that if every Christian, every parent uh, that has a kid in the school district, hey, why aren't you there? Yeah. Yeah, why aren't you there? You can get on the agenda. They'll give you five minutes. And you know what? You can stay. Hey, get up there and give them the word of God. Yes, yes. Now, you know, Pastor... Parents need to stop. I'm going to say this. This is going to be some parents need to stop letting the schools raise their kids. Yeah, and you know, and I and I realized things were different. I mean, not, not like I said. I know not everybody can do this, but that's one of the things we do with our children. We homeschool them. Yes, and they all graduated. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, but, but we, we did that. We made choices uh, to do that. Uh, 
Uh, my my wife was the primary uh, person that, that did the homeschooling. We did we did the Abeka system. We did the video homeschool. We did a lot of different things. And, uh, and and why did we do that? We did that because we saw what was going on back then, and we had a choice. Now I know not everybody does. I don't make anybody feel like you're being uh, not a good parent if you don't do this. But because we had the ability to do it, we did it. Okay. And uh, and we made that choice, and uh, and we got them involved in co-ops, and mm-hmm. we had stuff like that. We even had them in a private school for a while. Mm-hmm. There were a few things that we did in between that we were able to do. Yeah. Uh, my wife worked for a, a private school, so they were able to go for a while there. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, there were things that were supplemented in, and... Uh, and uh, and, I, and, I, and I honestly, I believe that is, is in one part, it's not the only thing, uh, that, that all my children serve the Lord. I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Because they didn't let some liberal teacher yeah. indoctrinate them. Indoctrinate the was just ungodly. And maybe you're in a good school district. I mean, maybe you're in a yeah. place where there's good godly Christian teachers. And if, they, and if that's what you have, that's a blessing from God. It is. Now, Pastor, you mentioned co-ops and stuff like this. Uh, my, my wife, she went and helped and she was teaching music to a co-op where they all were homeschooled and they would come and they would get together like one week a day during the week and they would have different things and she would teach music. Um, now, here's the thing. In our society, could churches... Now, there again, some are able, some are able, some maybe not. But could churches help facilitate families, or at least their families with their children, into the homeschool arena? In other words, what I'm saying is, could they become a help or a facility? They all get a Becca. The kids come. They do their work. Uh, t- together and help facilitate that maybe for those parents that have to work and they can't afford not to work. There have been churches that have done that. We've done that in the past. We've done stuff like that. Um, you know, um, yeah, it, it just depends on if a church has the av- availability. And uh, Well, and if it, you're in a district where those, those district members are saying, listen, we're going to teach your kids uh, how, how to have homosexual uh, relations yeah. you know, at a young age, and we don't care what you think, and, and this type of thing. You're going to need to do something. Yeah, and the church can. I mean, there there is always that option. Uh, like I said, and we have in the past done that. Uh, now we've not done it where it was a Monday through Friday, but no, we, okay. we've done we've done other things. Uh, my wife, one of the things she did, especially. Uh, my children were smaller she took on other parents children uh-huh. and taught them with our kids and I can still remember the table of all these kids all around there and she and uh, and trying to do that I mean she had way more patience than I would have had uh, but uh, but so you know there there are ways around it even even if the church you go to is not able to do that you know, parents can get together and find out, you know, whether there's ways that this can be done. 
uh, and, and I will say this, and, 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 I, and I don't want to be ugly by this, but what we do not want, if, if, if you know, I've got to be careful how I say it, we don't want people that have not been, uh, well, that has not had higher education uh, teaching children. No, that's no. not good. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, you've got that one thing. That's why I, well, the reason I say that is my, my wife uh, not only you know uh, was educated in that regard in college to be a teacher, but uh, she has a good grasp on things like algebra, uh, calculus, mm -hmm. other things. She had the ability yeah. to do that. I one of the things I was able to help out was in history. Uh, and of course, you know, learned a lot of that in high school. I've always, but I, I but also got reinforced when I was in college. So uh, I learned more in high school than I did in college about history. Uh, but uh, I had a good, I had some good history teachers. Yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, in high school, oh, yeah. and uh, and that was before they were teaching all this alternative history and stuff. I mean, you're actually being taught something. Yeah. Um, and uh, but but like I said, that was my job. And my job was to come in when it came to history, mm -hmm. and uh, and then you know teach and and help, which I think is amazing. And do you, do you think, Pastor, that throughout this entire land, that there are others who like uh, uh, adults or whatever who gravitate that are good at that type of thing, like like your wife, like yourself in history, uh, maybe somebody really gravitates. I'm a programmer, so math is just like you know. And there are others that could actually come in, maybe a day help or whatever, but they're all doing the Abeka courses or whatever the name of the thing. I, I don't know what all the names are. And they could help one another. And you see, the thing is, what the problem is, is money. Money, money, yes. money, 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 because all these, well, well, maybe, maybe if, if uh, God can move on some hearts of individuals that actually could bring this together. You know, and you say, I'm saying, well, what, what you're trying to do is segregate yourselves off from society. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If they're going to tell you that I'm gonna, we're going to teach you gay sex, and I don't care what you think, we're going to uh, let let the boys come into the girls' bathrooms, and uh, vice versa, and this type of thing, you're going to have to do something. Well, another way to say it, when we have grown men going into the girls' bathroom, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that... that I, like I said, I am so thankful that all my children are grown. Now, I have grandkids now. And that's one of the things we normally do. We don't let them go to the bathroom by themselves because no. of the nonsense of this world. By the way, we're going to have to wrap this up because yeah. we're already at our, our hour. Okay. And uh, But, you know, we don't want to leave you without hope uh, as it relates to all this. Uh, I would encourage you to look at Second Chronicles 34 and just really look at all this is of about it. Josiah, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, Josiah, King Josiah. And it is it <laughs> it is fantastic. And he's one king that that did not uh, go and, and become corrupt. Even uh, Joash uh, ended up having problems, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as far as that. But not this one. This one right here. And, and uh, so so if the people would Come out and do what God says and get rid of all this. I mean, get it out of your lives and this type of thing. People could literally and then begin to pray to God, do 2 Chronicles 7, 14, 
uh, all yeah. of this that is talking about. Get back in the Word. Get back in that Word. Begin That's to pray. They they get the, back into they church. The join time. together. Yeah, they read it. They read it to all the people. You know, you wonder why God, when the, that commandment came, He says, when it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourself together as the matter of some yeah. But do so more as you see that day. Folks, you're supposed to be in church more yeah. as we're getting towards the end time. And if you're sitting here watching this and you do not attend a local church faithfully, uh, you're already in trouble. Yes. Uh, you're already deceived if, uh, if you think you're okay with God. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I call you to repentance. I yeah. call you to get, get right with Jesus. And if you get right with him, you're going to get right with his people. Yes. And find you a good church to go to, a church that's going to tell you the truth, that's going to teach the word of God. And, uh, and you know, and, and by the way, if you're, if you're in this uh, Austin uh, area in here, and you're looking at you can come to River of Life and check mm -hmm. us out. There, yeah. We're not the only church in this area that would be a good church to go to. But I'm just saying there are some good Bible-believing churches. I guarantee no matter where you're listening, there is somebody that's preaching and teaching the truth. Do your diligence if you're not in church. Go find that place and start faithfully attending. And I'll tell you what, you'll grow in your faith. Yes, yes. You'll grow. Yes, yes. Yeah, you got to get under the spout. <laughs> I always say that. But, okay, Pastor, um, okay, thank you all for t tuning in. Pastor, let's go ahead. Can you pray uh, before as we end uh, today? Pray for the people that, you know, there is hope. Yes, there is. Pray that they, some people, just like Josiah, would put down these idols. Okay, go ahead. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and, and, and Lord, we could focus. Uh, just on the negative side of this and there are a lot of things that's wrong in our world there's a lot of things that's wrong in the United States Yes. Uh, but Lord we are not without hope because God we are called to function in the power of your might yes. and Lord help us to be a people that will speak truth to lies mm -hmm. Lord we don't have to be ugly when we do that but God, we got to know the Word of God ourselves if we're going to be able to do that. And so I pray for those that that, that are watching this right now. And, and Lord, they're not going to church anywhere. And I'm not trying to make them feel bad, but but Lord, they need to find a good church to go to. They yeah. need to find a Bible believing, Bible teaching church. And uh, and Lord, they need to get in the Word themselves. They need to to know what Scripture says, so they'll have an answer for anyone that has a question about their faith. Lord, we have such an open door to everywhere we go to be able to speak truth to lies. Lord, may we be bold enough to do it. It is the gospel. It is the word, the living word of God that defeats every principality and every power and every spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, Lord. We have been called to be people of prayer, people of the word. And, uh, and Lord, help us to have that fellowship. As Steve uh, talked about that there in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, I believe, where it says we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together mm -hmm. as a matter of some, but even more as we see the day approaching. And I do believe the day of the Lord is approaching. 
And so, Lord, help us to obey that. Lord, for anyone who's listening to this and they don't know Jesus, they don't know the Lord, yes. I'm asking, Lord, that they would have an encounter with you. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to reach out to them where they're at. Draw them to that place of repentance. Yes. So, Lord, they can repent and they can acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. They can give their life to you. And, Lord, if they'll do that, Lord, that they'll be born again. The Spirit of God will come to live in their spirit. And, Lord, they'll receive a new nature. And everything will become brand new. That's what we want for everyone. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for tuning in to the Foundations Podcast. Share this with others. And be back next week as we continue on in our studies. And God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.